can these constant like gasps and burps really be because you haven't had a good shit? I mean, how does that? How, I mean, so it's just coming out your mouth. I don't I'm understand. I'm trying to back away from the mic. I didn't know you could hear him. Right and welcome, welcome, welcome to another amazing, magnificent episode of Slasher. I hardly know her. I am your host this week, as always, Micah, and our very, very special guest. You know him. You love him. He's won a lot of awards, most of them for most improved. Ladies and gentlemen, Alex. <laughs> most of them for most improved. I like that. Uh, I will say we did an outline, you know, to make this uh, episode flow a little better because, you know, we're learning and you've already skipped uh, part of the outline. So we're okay. we're, star- right. we're starting off well. We are talking about Club Dread, <laughs> the much loved, much feared, renowned Club Dread. Uh, Broken Lizard did it. Comedy Troop, they're the guys who did Super Troopers, Slam and Salmon, Beer Fest. And, of course, Super Troopers 2. Before that, they did, oh, my God, something called... Puddle Jumper. Puddle Jumper? I was going to say Puddle Cruiser. I think it's Puddle Jumper. Puddle Jumper. And before that, they did some short... God, it's old as dirt. I can't even remember what it's called. It's about 30 minutes long. And I think there were two additional members of Broken Lizard at that time. And what the hell is it called? I don't know, but I bet those guys feel like dicks at this point. Right? <laughs> I mean, I guess. Former member of Broken Lizard. I mean, I'll join them tomorrow. If you look at the credits at the end of this Broken Lizard 30-minute short, it it has two other members. I thought you were going to say Club Dread, like they mentioned them, like also thanks to these assholes. But, you know, I mean, I'm sure they started, I, it's been a long time since I've really researched Broken Lizard, but I'm sure they started like back in college or something. And, you know... People go on and do different things. I mean, you can't hold that against them. So my apologies already for calling them assholes. Damn. I think Broken Lizard, I think they all met in college, and all the guys are about the same age. They're all around 52, 53 years old now. God, that makes me sad. Yeah, they met in college. They were doing, uh, I think somebody asked the guy who directed Club Dread, uh, Jay, if he would do some kind of event, he put together a group. They started doing, you know, little live sketches, entertainment, and then they started incorporating video shorts into it. And that's when they were like, oh, hey, this this is what we're good at. This is what we want to do is make films. Uh, and so they ended up jumping into that. And I guess that's the point where they made the, the Puddle movie and then after that, Super Troopers. I noticed you conspicuously uh, avoided pronouncing, trying to pronounce Jay's last name. Chandra Sekar. Do you think that's right? I have no idea. Why not? That could be right. We've, there's, what, five members? You've got Jay, you've got Heffernan, you've got Steve Lemmy, Steve you've got Lemmy. Soda, and then, uh, oh, how do you pronounce his last name? He was the guy who was the fun police in Club Dread. <laughs> oh, God. oh, man, this movie is amazing. Uh, so, I mean... I know we have, I know we're supposed to talk about whether we liked it or not. Should we even talk about it? I mean, I've been pretty vocal on on Twitter about how much we love this movie. 
This Eric Stolhansky. That's yeah, his name. that's right. That's right. Jay Chandrasekhar, Kevin Hefford, and Steve Lenny, Paul Soder, and Eric Stolhansky. Gods in my book. Gods. They're funny dudes, man. I like them. They make me happy in the same way uh, that Sandler movies do. You know, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say the same way, but I mean, I, I, I get what you're saying there. They, you know, I... I found them, I guess, I guess before college. I mean, Super Troopers came out before I was in college, I think. But, uh, you know, and it was a huge fan. And then Club Dread comes out and it's like, my God, my favorite comedy troupe in the world is tackling my favorite genre in the world. And it was all bets were off. And I got to say this, and I just because I have to be honest. I didn't love it the first time I saw it. You know, I, I mean, gotta be honest. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, sing. I don't remember the next part. That's oh, an old song. Is that an actual song? I gotta be honest. Mm-hmm. Now, now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh. You take the next verse. Will you take the next verse? <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know that it's a song. Uh, <laughs> I think it's a girl singer. It doesn't matter. I'm yeah. supposed to be setting up Club Dread, by the way. Okay, let's set the scene. It's a slasher movie. It's a comedy. It's the guys who made Super Troopers. It takes place on an island, which is hosted by a musician. It's like a resort. You go there, and it's a Jimmy Buffett-esque character named Coconut Pete, played by Bill Paxton. Marvelous uh, wonderfully Bill Paxton. by Bill Paxton. Yes, um, perfectly. People show up on the island, and then murders happen it's a beautiful island it's called pleasure island it's in costa rica you got a really really great gang of characters very memorable characters these aren't just you know you know like a lot of slashers it's just kind of like the the guys who wear red in star trek you know they're just there to die but the characters in this one they they're good they're memorable they've all got something unique about them and broken lizard really pulled off making a legit slasher that's also a comedy, um, and it's not like Airplane. It's not a parody. It's not like Scary Movie where it's all silly spoofs. It's The characters are well-played, well-acted. The music is great, man. They used like yeah. a real orchestra for this. You got violins and horns, and they, they did a good job on that. We'll talk more about that composer in a minute because we need to, because Bones. Are you okay? Are you all right there? It sounded like you were maybe having some kind of you know, gastric bypass surgery during that uh, last little comment? Can I tell you something, Alex? Oh, man, I wish you wouldn't. I shouldn't have asked. I haven't shit right in weeks. See, I knew it was going to be something like that. I knew. I'm just like this, this anytime 40-year-old Mike, anytime Micah says, gas bag. Uh, can I tell you something, Alex? The answer is <laughs> I wish you wouldn't. That's always the answer is I wish you wouldn't. And I will say this one was, you know, particularly mundane compared to the normal crap I get from you. Uh, now, this, anyway. This movie is, uh, it. what you said there, like the, the fact that the attention they played to the score or paid to the score and all of that, it's, it's so, this movie so lives in two worlds. It is a comedy, and I'm glad you used the you know scary movie and the airplane comparison there because it's not that. It's not slapstick. It's not stupid. It's legit. I mean, yeah, okay, it's kind of stupid, but like in the best way possible, it is stupid, and it's legitimate comedy, and it's legitimate horror. It is a legitimate slasher movie. Uh, 
you know, and I, I, I don't know. I guess you know I had talked to you about my reservations about doing this movie because one, I know we both love it, and two, because I can't find a ton wrong with it. Not that that's the point of this podcast is finding a ton wrong with the movies. But it's, we have heard from a listener that it's better when we watch something terrible that we can make fun of. Yes, we have I, more than one actually has given us that. But I mean, you know, it's not just about that. It's about, you know, sir, somebody listening to this podcast has not seen Club Dread. And I hope that this podcast will, you know, make them say, you know what, it's worth, you know, popping in the DVD player that night. Or I guess nobody actually does that. I haven't put a DVD in a player in, you know, 10 years. But, uh, you know, it, it's definitely a movie worth watching. And I want people who have not seen it to know that. And if it wasn't worth watching, I think that's what we put in our little bio thing. It was like, is it worth your time or not? And some of them are not going to be worth your time, and some of them are. And, you know, I, I won't, you know, I know it's kind of the wrap-up thing we do at the end, but obviously <laughs> I think it's pretty clear we both love this one. I love it. Yep, it's fantastic. But we'll find something wrong with it just to make those people happy. Yeah. Or we can say, you know what, listeners? We don't do this for you. We do this for us. We do it for us. For us. Uh, so you've We're got, surly. We're you, uncaring hosts. <laughs> you've got a really cool thing that you are introducing in this episode. You want to explain it a little bit? Oh, snap. Let's do it. It's a little game we like to call Final Girl. Each episode, five players will be selected to try to survive the duration of the slasher I hardly know her podcast. There are four rounds, five players, people on Instagram. They submit a name. What would be your name if you were in a slasher? So people hop on Instagram. They submit a name that they think is cool, funny, whatever, whoever they want to be in this game. And we'll have four rounds throughout the episode where people will either die or they will survive to the next round. And whoever wins at the end of the podcast, we'll get the mystery prize. The mystery prize, and we only say that because at this point we don't know exactly what that is. But Isn't that even more mysterious, though? Even we mysterious. don't know what the mystery it prize is, is. That's as mysterious as it could possibly be. I mean, that's like Agatha Christie-level mystery. Nobody knows until it, the end. Yeah, except we won't cheat. Sometimes she cheats. You ever you ever read Agatha Christie? You know, I've only read one of her books. It was the one, uh, and then there were none, I think is what it's called which was originally called like 10 Little Indians or, or something. And I think it had an even worse name before that, which we can't say or we'll get canceled. Can these <sighs> can these constant like gasps and burps really be because you <laughs> haven't had a good shit? I mean, how does that... How, I mean, so it's just coming out your mouth? I don't I'm understand. I'm trying to back away from the mic. I didn't know you could hear him. Yeah, of course I can hear him. Well, maybe I can on the mic. You're backing away on the I'm listening to you on headphones because we're on the phone together. Uh, but yeah, no, it's... Maybe it's not audible on your end, so my apologies to our listeners at home. Hang on, you... let me ask the sound guy. Hal, Hal, is that going to be a problem? Are you going to be able to cut out those? You can do that? Okay, all right. Hal, Hal, our sound engineer, he said it's not going to be a problem. Oh, that's good, that's good. Thanks, Hal. That's fantastic. All right, so... The producer's looking at me, though. She's saying, let's wrap this up and get into Final Girl. We need to do Final Girl round one. Ladies and gentlemen... Round one! It's time to play Final Girl. This week's players, we have... Lazy Daisy, Kyle Rain, Tanner, Stink Pickle, and Professor Thudpucker. 
All right, that. here we go. Round I, one, Lazy I love Daisy. That the question was, what would your name be if you were in a horror movie? And some guy picked Stink Pickle. You know, points for creativity. Stink Pickle. Uh, sure. Sure. I bet if we looked it up in Urban Dictionary, the, the stink pickle probably means something. Well, come on. It's got to be a sexual reference, and it's surely some sort of anal sex reference, right? Sure, man. After a good round of anal, you know, you don't do that, or you end up with a stink pickle. Got so make sure you take care. pickle. All right, so, so round one, This the way it works is you've thrown all their names, right? Or tell me. We've got five contestants. We will spin the wheel. Inside the wheel are the fates of those five contestants. All right. Round one. Here we go. Four will survive. One will die. I'm excited. Let's find out. It's a great idea. Here we go. All right. Spinning the wheel. We got a Lazy oil Daisy. wheel, man. <laughs> a lot of production I value. I can't believe you didn't oil the wheel before the show. Let's find out what happens to Lazy Daisy. Lazy Daisy, you said no to drugs at the bonfire. Yeah! You will survive to the you, next Lazy round. Lazy Daisy! Kyle Rain turned down sex with Blake Maloney. Yeah, you, you survived! Did. Nice job, Kyle. Tanner passed on grass at the dance. Hell yeah, you did. Survive! You are a living person. Stink pickle. Made out with Louie Baker, but despite huh? Louie's huh? best efforts, she kept her panties on. Oh, Survive. Well done. Which one is the female in that situation? You said she. <laughs> is it Louie or is it Stink Pickle? You know, they're all final girls. Uh, Kyle's a final girl. Stink Pickle's a final girl. Professor Thudpucker's a final girl. I, I, they're all final girls. Well, yeah, I guess there'll only be one final girl, but... Well, they Whether all, you're they a all man have or final woman, girl we're going to call potential. you a girl. Yeah, we are. Because this game is final girl. Okay, there's one contestant less left. Uh, oh, no. Professor Thudpucker. Oh, Professor Oh, let's Thud find Pucker. out what happened. I really had high hopes for him. Professor gave a blowjob to Tommy Blake. Oh. Later got knifed in the shower. Oh, oh sorry, man. Professor Thudpucker. Man, you do you think girl. they got, uh, did, did, did uh, the professor get knifed through the shower a la sleepaway camp? Like right through the wall, do you think? Probably <laughs> right through the wall and then later <laughs> fell out of the shower. Precariously with a, uh, perched an, against the shower curtain. Uh, and, and, and landed and there was an odd absence of blood. Uh, oh my God, that is your thing. We're like four episodes in and you've mentioned this two or three times. I think there should be blood. There it's must a dead be person. blood for you. They there got knife. There should be blood. There should be blood. All right. All right. Well, that's round one of Final Girl. Sorry. Congratulations to the four. Sorry, Professor. That uh, that is a hard blow. But yeah. such is the uh, case with the Final Girl Challenge. Better luck next time. There will be a next time. So hang in there. You might survive. All right. So let's get into this movie. Uh we ooh, uh, ooh. we start with uh, we start with kind of a a cold open, if you will. In fact, I'd say it's a cold open. I don't remember. We're on the island. We're in the forest. We've got a a young man and a young gal. 
It's a beautiful tropical island. They're running through. They're getting flirty. He pulls out a bag of weed. Looks like shitty weed, too. It's been many, many years since I've smoked weed, but it looked like really crappy weed, if, I, if I remember old, my college days correctly. Bigger than a sandwich bag full of, uh, what did they call bad weed when we were kids? Skunk. Skunk. Uh, swag. Dirt swag, weed. that's the word. Okay. I'm sure yeah, they call big, it something different. Big though. bag of swag. And he pulls out his bag of swag. He's going to light it up. But I think he, he has something for her to do while he's lighting his bag. He's like, while I torch this baby, how about you lick my chest? Oh. What a great <laughs> line. There's a lot of good lines in this. Uh, there's so many. I have so many quotations in my note. But yeah, that, that, is, that is one of my favorite. They start off good. He, she's licking his chest, and then she hears something. Sees somebody back behind him, back there in the uh, tropical forest. Starts to freak out a little bit. Oh, wait, before we go, can we talk about the sound this girl makes like four times? Uh, oh, oh, oh. What did she make oh that God. in reference to? I didn't catch it. First, they're just running through the forest having fun. She's like, oh. And then when they're like, hey, let's go over to that grass cemetery. Oh. And then the one girl brings like my ties and she's like, oh, well, maybe it's sound design. Maybe they just took the one and put it throughout the movie. I didn't notice it. Damn, that's something I usually notice. One trick pony. She's got her one sound. Oh, also a little uh, (laughs) a little racist uh, Mexican accent. Coming up. I think you should give it to her, senor. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you could get away with that today. Uh, Then they proceed they continue to uh like get at it and uh not like have sex but you know make out or whatever but then she sees the thing again yep and that is when we get the amazing line of this guy's gonna be (laughs) and i don't understand this line i put it on twitter last night and everybody loved it but uh i don't understand the line and i i rewound it just to make sure i got it right but uh this guy's gonna be picking his teeth out of my dump this guy's going to be picking his teeth out of my dump. What does that mean? He's going to be picking his teeth out of my dump. It's what tough guys say. So I why? think what he's saying is, so I'm going to eat swallow you alive. His teeth? Oh. Oh. Okay. Eat you alive. And therefore, if he eats the man, then he will shit him out. Uh, at but, which point, he will have to pick his teeth out of the dump. But if he's already, but he's been, already eaten, been eaten. Maybe he only ate part of them, and the rest of them can pick the teeth so out of the just, dump. He I don't just know. ate his teeth? I'm going to knock his teeth out. I'm going to swallow his teeth. And I'm going to shit his teeth out. And he's going to have to pick his teeth out of my dump. I didn't understand it, but I love that line. And was that in the script or was that improvised? I would love to know. And was that one of those that were like, I don't know if this makes sense. Cool, let's keep it. I don't know. And if the guy who played that part is listening, please uh, somehow reach out to us and tell us this. Because you did your part amazing. That guy was amazing. Uh, he was hilarious. He was told to play a douche, and man, he played a douche, and he's hilarious, too. He was an excellent douche. You're like, this guy's going to die because he's an asshole, and nailed it. Yeah. Uh, right All right. I, oh, we get a jump scare. We get two jump scares. Two. We, we get, get the the statue that we think might be the killer, then it just turns out to be a statue. That's a not statue. a jump scare. He, he knocks, well, he knocks the head off. And the monkey the jumps monkey. out. Yeah, yeah. That's the jump scare. That's the jump scare. And then we get the other jump scare of another girl showing up. And the douchebag yells at the monkey, "Hey, watch the hair!" And then we get a we get a second jump scare, which is a ah, somebody shows up, but it's a girl with a tray with uh, 
three adult beverages on it. Mai Tais, pina coladas, something like that. Yeah, I thought they were margaritas, but I think actually they're probably margaritas. Or would it be a pina colada? Because it's pina colada. I think pina colada probably. I think that makes a lot more sense. Which have been dosed with ecstasy, right? Yes, we don't know that. I don't think we know that at this point. But yes, we absolutely they are dosed with ecstasy. Uh, Oops! Spoiler alert. Yeah, I I was thinking in our our uh, podcast we should probably give. A spoiler alert warning at the beginning of each one. We are going to spoil the movies in this podcast. You know, I actually heard from a listener who told us, uh, he said, please do what you did on the last episode. Tell us what the next movie is going to be so we can watch it before we listen. Oh, that's very cool. Well, I get to pick the next one, and I am still, as we record this, putting it around in my brain. I can't wait to find out what you pick. Well, I don't know yet. I've got it. I've got a couple ideas. So the kids, they decide, we probably shouldn't have sex here in the forest. Let's move into that old mausoleum. And that's what she says, too. She's like, let's not do it out here. Let's let's at least go in that old mausoleum. Obviously. <laughs> Which is just <laughs> over their shoulder on the island. So they do that. And they go into the mausoleum. They start to make out. And I think he says something akin to, uh, let's play he- heads or tails is what he said. Yeah. And the brunette who's been there says heads. And then the blonde is like, uh, what's tails? And, and he, I, I, he's like, you, you don't, don't want to know. know. You don't want to know. So one girl starts going down on him. She's giving him a blowjob. The other girl's kissing around his neck. And then she kind of freaks out. And he's like, what? What's the matter? Too waxy? Because she was licking in his ear. Right. And she sees something behind him. It is a figure in a poncho. Yes, uh, a drug rug. A drug rug, and it has a mask on, this big wooden tribal mask. Wait a second. Let's talk about the door closing, because oh, that's great. That is a good scene, because they're again, in the mausoleum with the door open. Stone mausoleum. Stone mausoleum. You hear stone door opening, like they're rolling away the uh, the door of the tomb, and then they're in there, and suddenly it goes black. It's like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And then the 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 blonde girl opens the door and is like, I guess that was the wind. Yeah, and my wife pointed out that <laughs> the door opened in. So, it, so it's definitely not the wind. Isn't it a stone sliding door? I think you got to really yeah. try hard to open and close this thing. Yeah, it couldn't be the wind, whether it was open inside or outside, but also it was an open indoor. So it's definitely not the wind. Also, it's made of solid stone. So we're making out. And then she sees somebody behind him. Mike is and she back backs up. It. He's scared. He's worried there's wax in his ears. And then he uh, turns around, or does he get it from behind? Uh, I don't remember, but this is I my... I, may... I don't want to skip over it, because it is my best line. It is my favorite line in this movie. Uh, he does the waxy ear things, like, oh, what's the matter, too waxy or whatever? And then she sees the figure move again. And she acts real scared, obviously, because she realizes it's a person in this old mausoleum. And she makes, you know, whatever noise she makes be real scared. And this is right after he asks, uh, you know, hey, can you punch me in the face? Not hard, but maybe a little hard. And then (laughs) she sees the thing immediately after that and is scared. And he says, come on, Kelly. It's not like I'm asking you to eat my crap. (laughs) What a great line. She's upset. He's like, God, oh, I was asking you to punch me in the face, not eat my crap. Uh, makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. 
I'm sure she was worried. I think he wants me to eat his crap. There's a, apparently a tails option. And then we get the first kill, which is machete straight down the neck through the chest and yeah. shoulder, and he falls over. Some blood runs down his chest, and he's dead, and the girls run away screaming. Through the forest, the tropical forest, uh, how did the blonde girl die? She dies first. I don't know. He kills her. He kills her we with machete. We don't remember it. Does that mean it was off camera? I, I, I can't recall. I don't know, and but then, I mean, the blonde and he are now dead. They're both dead. The brunette is running away. She's going through the forest. She's trying to get back to camp. She gets there. She's close. She can see people partying by the pool. She's there, and she's like, <sighs> we got the camera on her face, the look of relief, and then, bam, he chops her head off. It's, then we get the point of view from yes, her. Her severed head. we spin, her severed head spins, lands to the ground. The last thing she sees is, her, her own dead body in yes. front of her before her brain dies. It's the scream cold open. They've made it to safety. Drew Barrymore makes it to safety. She gets out of the house. Her parents are driving up. She's made it to safety. And boom, there is no safety. Head chopped off. It is really well done. It's the, it's the scream cold open reimagined and done very well. Dude, throughout the whole movie, I was like, these guys are comedians. They have a comedy troupe. But damn, if Jay Chandrasekhar can't make a horror movie. Yeah, he that, can build tension. Dude, he that can guy can direct. Kills. Yeah. So uh, now I, I don't know if this is where credits start. I mean, I would call that a cold open. But we now go one hour earlier. Yes, one hour earlier. Text on the screen. A big boat is arriving full of young, happy partiers ready for a weekend of hedonism and uh they pull up and this is where we start introducing all of the uh, the staff the boat pulls up the uh the resort people the participants whatever you want to call them the guests uh they're coming onto the the dock the pier walking in and we meet let's call all of our participants staff. <laughs> well, i don't know what you call guest the guests of yeah, the resort guests Hey, Alex, I'm we'll, not no, a wordsmith. We'll call, you know, we'll I'm just trying to keep the gas bubbles we'll down. We'll call them participants. The vacationing the participants. They're participating the in a vacation. They certainly are. We never said we were smart. No, not, not either of us, really. <laughs> so I like how they introduce all the people on the dock and immediately start going, could this person be the killer by like having them look at somebody and then the cue the music, tense music. I'm mad at that person yeah, for whatever the, they just and did. And it's and it's little things. It's like, uh, hey man, uh, hey, you got some of that weed? He's ta- it's uh, the fun police talking to the douche who just got killed because again, it's an hour earlier. And he's like, hey man, here he's got some of that weed. He's like, oh, I'm all out. And then deep <laughs> cue the booming music and the deep dark stare. So fun police is angry and. Uh, they do it with uh, the uh, soda. Uh, he, you know, the DJ guy that is uh, peak- coconut. Dave. Dave's Dave. his name. Yeah, yeah Dave. DJ and drugs. Yeah, DJ slash drugs. Yeah, DJ slash drugs. And then uh, he he gives the girl who takes the ex margaritas or ex uh, pina coladas probably uh, to you know to the old mausoleum. Uh, he puts, you know, a drop of X in each or a, a pill of X in each. And uh, he's like, For oh. you youngsters, X is uh, what you call uh, Molly now. Back in the day, is they called right? it E, ecstasy, uh, MDMA. I think the kids call it Molly. Those are all the same thing? 
Yeah, I gotta get yeah. up on M- my drug MDMA. culture. MDMA. Yeah. If we're gonna keep doing brain this, brain release a bunch of serotonin, so you feel happy. Well, yeah, and he's like, "Hey, can I get one of those margaritas?" She's like, "Sorry, they're all spoken for." Boom, music, and he gives her the evil stare. It's like, is he the killer? Uh, he does. He pulls down his sunglasses and he says, "Fucking bitch!" But they do it in slow mo, so it's like, "Fucking." Yeah, and then uh, and then Putman gets one too. Uh, Jay, uh, I can't pronounce his last name. Uh, Jay Chandra Sakar. Chandra Sakar, who is the uh, tennis pro on the island, they and in- they actually invite him out to to the mausoleum, you know, to to do drugs and have sex. He's like. That's when he says, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, going in the woods gives me a wicked case of the wonky britches or something. <laughs> uh, he says wonky britches. I'm assuming that means diarrhea. I don't know. I don't know. What I, are wonky britches? Does I that mean know. you're getting a wedgie? Does that mean you're having a explosive diarrhea? What are wonky britches? Uh, I don't know. A sweaty ass? I'll say sweaty could be, ass. Could just be swamp ass. Yeah, it could be swamp ass. Uh, we could go on, but whatever the case, he's like, no, I, you know, I, I get the wonky bridges, and then he gets his moment where it's boomy music, and he stares her down evilly. So it's like, oh well, they're all killers. Urban Dictionary says wonky bridges is when your undercarriage gets sweaty from running, or whatever activity. Man, you are on it on Urban Dictionary today. Did you look up? Uh, Stinky pickle or whatever. <laughs> I have not looked up no. stinky pickle yet. No, okay, it's got it. It's got to be an anal reference. It has to be, right? I'm sure. I'm sure it's in there somewhere. The act of giving or getting a blowjob immediately after anal sex. That's a oh, that's called a stinky pickle, or a stink pickle, which is a piece of poop or turd. Oh man, we're gonna have to start a separate podcast. It's the Nerve and Dictionary Knowledge podcast. Is power. Apparently. The more you know. I do feel powerful now. I do. feel a little bit, yeah, we're going to have to watch this movie stronger. again so I can feel better. Uh, so, yeah, now this is where we actually get to meet Coconut Pete, right? Yes, Coconut Pete played by Bill Paxton, who uh, I, I don't know how he got hooked up with the Broken Lizard guys, but I'm glad he did, man. Uh, he shows up. He's got long hair. He's got his guitar. He uh, uh, appears to be a man who's taken many, 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 many much drugs throughout his life touring as a, as a uh, rock and roll star making songs much akin to the Jimmy Buffett, um, which would really make Coconut Pete mad if you heard me say that. Which is amazing. Um, And he immediately, you know, he's on stage, like, playing guitar, playing one of his songs, and, you know, welcoming the (laughs) participants. And uh, he sets it up immediately that you're not going to have cell phone service here, which is a, a trope that you have to do in every movie since cell phones were invented at the beginning of the movie. You have to say... Here's the reason that your cell phones don't work. They It happens at the beginning of horror movies all the time now, and you have to do it. I mean, you have to explain why they can't just whip out their cell phones and call for help. But he does it here. He's like, ah, oh, you won't get service. You're in paradise. That's my, you don't. You don't get service. And my, this is 2004, so the phones are even worse. Uh, and let's talk about 2004. Uh, just a quick check-in real quick to what was going on in 2004. Uh, Alex, I know you wanted to know. Listeners... Uh, this movie came out in 2004, same year that the NASA rover's Spirit and Opportunity landed on Mars. Yeah, we, we also all remember two- that one. <laughs> yeah, uh, in 2004, the, the 
New England New England Patriots won the Super Bowl in 2004. This particular Isn't that Super the Bowl, year they changed their name from the New England Patriots <laughs> to to the much more, you know, recognizable New England Patriots. That was the year, right? If you don't like the way I talk, I love the way you talk. I go um, on another show. I brought you on as a guest to be on my show. I, you know what? I I I sorry. I am sorry. I, I shouldn't have just I'm speaking. You were raised in the South. Show me a little Southern hospitality. That's true. I should do that. But that, yeah, New England Peyton. <laughs> fuck me. Yes. God yes. No. The new the New England <laughs> Patriots won the Super Bowl that year. It was Who a big says year for Inky, them. Inky land. And I think. I think it was that notoriety of winning the Super Bowl where they the owners stepped back and said, "You know what? We're from New England. Let's just say we're the New England Patriots. Let's just say that." So, yeah, the Patriots from wherever, I'm not going to try to say it again, New England won the Super Bowl. <laughs> this Super Bowl was famous uh, for the halftime show. This 2004 was the year that old Janet Jackson and oh, Justin wow. Timberlake okay. came out. And then he grabs her shirt, pulls it down, and she exposed her breasts uh, to the world. Classic and this is New when England we, football. <laughs> and we were all introduced to the new term, uh, wardrobe malfunction. Oh, I thought you were going to say nip slip. Mm, wardrobe malfunction. That's what they called it. Uh, also in 2004, San Francisco started issuing marriage license to same-sex couples. And it was the 76th Academy Awards hosted by one Billy Crystal. And that was the year that the Lord of the Rings came in and swept the Oscars. They won 11 Oscars that year, including Best Picture. It was also the year of the final episode of... Friends. Oh, so hate, there's 2004. I hated to say goodbye to those guys. Yeah, that was a great show. Actually, I actually hated Friends when it was on, and since I've really come around. It's all right. It's a good show. Good show. All right, so that's 2004. Before we go on, let's take a quick break, get a word from our sponsors. We'll be right back. Coming up on this week's Tales from the Prick. So my boss comes to me, he sits me down, he says, Hey, Ralph, this company ain't shit without you. It wasn't shit before you got here. We'll do anything to keep you. That includes a 25% raise, and I negotiated six figures before I even took the job. Tales from the Prick. So get this. There's a knock at the door. I answer. Three beautiful babes, blondes, sorority girls. They're all twins. They say, my car broke down, but we don't have any money, and we need help. Oh, I helped them. Tales from the Prick. Yeah, I got my hands in everything. I got some crypto. I'm in the stock market. I'm producing. You name it, I'm there. You want to roll with the big dogs, that means you're rolling with Ralph. Tales from the Prick. So get this. She says, Ralph, I can't live without you. You're such a man. I just need you. She's only so-so in the face, but I don't mind a little charity work. So I told her, babe, you want to ride this train? I say, all on balls. Tales from the Prick. This bit is in reference to a show that hasn't aired for 30 years. All right. Welcome back to the show. Slasher, I hardly know where we are talking about Club Dread. And now, get excited, people. It's time for round two. Round two! Round two of Final Girl. All right. I'm excited about this. 
What is that noise? That was me is that and my old ass reaching problems? over for something. <laughs> uh, the last round, you might remember that Professor Thudpucker. Oh. Rest in peace. That was a tough it. loss. That, I, that, that hit me harder than I thought it would. Did I say he? I meant she, because these are all final girls. Whether you're a man or a woman, you're a girl in this. Okay, let's find out what happens. <sighs> Spin the wheel. Did you not oil that during the break? My God. Ah, the attention to detail on this show is amazing. Okay. Lazy Daisy almost said, I'll be right back. But she stayed and said. Thought and better of it. Nice. She thought better of it. She was going to well say, I'll be done, right back. Lazy but she Daisy. better. So, Lazy Daisy, you survived. Woohoo. Kyle Rain was handed the bong, but passed it along. Didn't oh, take a hit. Oh, wow. Kyle what a Dr. Susian way to not get killed. And Tanner, dear Tanner, Gary tried to cop a feel, but you said, no deal. No deal, Gary. Also you survived. I think in round two, we're rhyming. Stink Pickle, let's find out what happens to Stink Pickle. Smoked a joint. Did a keg stand. Oh. Oh, oh this is bad, Stink Pickle. Stink Pickle, what were you thinking? Well, you, you, you don't know the rules. And because of it, took an axe to the face in the cafeteria. <sighs> to the face. To the face. Axe to the face. Wow. Okay. I'm wow. sorry, Stink Pickle. Stink Pickle, we looked up your name and everything. You still didn't survive. Although, now that I know what a Stink Pickle is, I... I think you were, you know, destined to die from the start. This is the point where Stink Pickle turns off the show, doesn't listen to the rest of the podcast. But Stink Pickle, stick around because, uh, you know, you can always win again next week. And uh, there's no, uh, you know, there's, it's not like if you were picked last week, you can't be in this week. So, you know, you know stick with us, man. Stick with us, Stink Pickle. Hang in there, Stink Pickle. You never know what's going to happen. <laughs> All right, so tell us uh, tell us where we left off here. Now we got to talk about the Pac-Man maze scene. Oh yeah, uh, we so we've got three deaths up to this point, right? Yeah, we've got we three had deaths. the two we, girls and the, the guy in the, the forest, girls. and they're all dead. And so they've got this amazing uh, Pac-Man like live Pac-Man maze. So it's a hedge maze. And it's basically Pac-Man. And instead of the power pellets that you drink, but when you can go get the ghosts, you it looked like it was some kind of alcoholic beverage on a post. So you run over, you drink it up, and then you chase. It's a guy chasing girls. I guess they're the ghosts. And, uh-huh. And, and when the ghost, you know, when you, when you go into the middle and you can go eat the ghost, well, the girls, instead of turning into ghosts, uh, clear ghosts, they all take off their shirts. Oh, is that? How did I miss that? I don't know. You probably looked away. You probably uh, had a hangnail, and you had to deal with that, and you, you didn't see it. So they, they are, they're all wearing colored shirts, like the color of the ghosts in Pac-Man. And then the music changes. We've got the DJ up there, our DJ drugs guy, and uh, he's doing the music. They're up in like a, I don't know, like a lookout up there where they can see everybody in the maze. The music changes. The girls take off their clothes, and now Pac-Man... Our main guy, he can start chasing the girls. My, so he's chased, yes. My favorite thing here is, uh, you know, they're like, remember the 
in Pac-Man, there's the things that you can also get extra points for, like the little cherries, like move throughout the maze, and you can get them or whatever. And uh, they're like, I think it's a pineapple. It's like, cue the pineapple. Cue the pineapple. And he never comes, and they go to look for the pineapple. And it's actually uh, Steve Lemmy uh, in the pineapple costume. He's the dive instructor at the place, and he's just in pretzel. the... Pretzel. Pretzel, yeah. And he's, yeah, he was a pretzel. He's a pretzel. There you go. And I think he's, he's banging uh, a watermelon. And he's in the, yeah, he's in the shack banging some girl or whatever. And it, two of my favorite things happen here. It's uh, when Dave, the drugs and DJ guy, goes to find him. He sees him in there. It's the first time that Dave catches Steve Lemmy uh, boning some chick. And he looks at him and he's like, <laughs> kind of quietly goes, can I get in there? Can I get in there? And he's like doing his fingers back and forth. And Steve Lemmy's always like, no, you know, no, you can't. So he, he gets, he, you know, shuts the door or whatever. Pretzel's not coming out. So the the guy who's playing the pair, who is a comedian, he, he looked familiar to me, uh, is like, oh, you got to get in there, pair. And it's like, oh, you know, I've, you know, I haven't gotten a break or whatever, you know, what? A, I'm on break. Yeah, I'm on break or whatever. And what am I supposed to do? And one another one of my favorite lines in the movie is uh, Dave says he goes I don't know be, be happy be in your happy work, in pair. Your work. <laughs> be happy in your work pair I'm on break be happy in your work pair uh, I love that uh, and then then the pair promptly goes out who, who, there who is eating a pear the pear is eating an actual pear he is which uh, little little fruit cannibalism and uh, quickly is dispatched after that sliced. Ninja right sliced in the stomach. right in the belly. Uh, and that's actually our fifth death. We didn't talk about Carlos. Uh, oh, dude. And I love how they pull out on this scene. Uh, so the pair gets sliced by our killer. And then they have like the uh, the cameras up above. Yes. His body's on the ground. But you can see the players right there still playing. And they're totally oblivious to the fact that their friend just got killed. And that is a great scene it's a great shot because it shows that this terror is happening here but the island remains uh, unaware that this terror is going on they continue to play the pac-man game he's actually the fifth death though carlos the you know i don't know what he was he I, he had to be a dishwasher because she was upset that the dishes weren't washed yeah and he goes out to the trash can and quickly gets killed so we're trying to have a cigarette break and then bam dead. yeah and so we're up to five deaths now and, uh, yeah, man, we might have more deaths than I, than I thought, because I'm, I'm looking at my notes here and I think I, I, think I might, uh, no, 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 I'm good. Never mind. Don't, don't listen to me. We're up to five. I never do. Good, good. Smart man. Smart man. Uh, all right. So yeah, yeah. That was our fifth death, the pair. So what happens now? What does happen now? Why you got to lay that in my lap? Like, I got to remember You're the stuff. host. I'm the guest. You're a great guest. Thank you, by the way. Really Thank doing you. a good job. I yeah. love having you on. I this appreciate you. Can you come back again? Would you ever think about coming back on the show? You know what? I will look at my schedule, and if I like the movie, I will absolutely come back again. Uh, this has been a real honor. Are we wrapping the show up now? This is it? Yeah, thanks for so, coming. Thanks, right. everybody. Thank thanks you. Listening. Yeah, I appreciate everybody listening. I appreciate you inviting me on the show, <laughs> and uh, I'll be back for Club Dread 2. Uh, so um, if you don't mind, let's hang around. Let's do a little bit more. We need to talk about the discovery of the body because they come, they go, oh, my God, and they grab. The banana runs out. He finds Dave and... Uh, 
who who is it? It was uh, was it Putman? No, Putman's the banana, uh, and he finds Dave. And who else was up there? Uh, well, the he leads because the they're going. DJ. Hey, look, he wants. Oh, it's Steve Lemmy, right? Isn't it Juan Castillo? S- S- Steve Lemmy, yes, Juan Castillo, which is so just Putman the runs character. up in a banana costume and he can't speak because he's too scared. He's just like, ooh, ooh, ooh. and then Dave's like, "What is it? What is it, boy? Did, did, is Timmy trapped in the well?" And he's like, ooh, ooh. <laughs> so they follow him. They they follow him and they go to the you know where the pair is laying dead, and there's the fun police blowing With his whistle. whistle. <laughs> blowing his whistle over and over and terrified. He's like had this terrified look on his face and the whistle like falls out of his mouth. It was oh. Oh, it was perfect. I bet there were a lot of laughs shooting Dude, that particular shot. The way that they balanced the comedy and the horror, I Dude, they deserve so much credit. I, there, I can't think of another movie where it was done quite so good where you get the laughs, but it's also legit, legitimately scary. Yeah, I mean, the jokes are good. The jokes are stupid. They're not like Naked Gun stupid. They're just... This is one of those movies that's going to get... I, I mean, like, it's going to get its due. It already has a cult following, but I imagine it will grow over time. Does it have a cult following? I feel like it should, and I feel like it does not. I mean, I don't. It definitely see, deserves it. I'm sure it's happened, but I don't see any Alamo Drafthouse, uh, you know, like revivals of this movie. It deserves it. It is such a good movie. Is but, it not getting its due? Because I, yeah, I, I mean, hundred percent. I feel like it's not getting its due. We should start a podcast. We, we should, should talk about how we'll good just, it is. We'll and, just and do our part to make sure that the guys in Broken Lizard and Club Dread get their due. We'll do this one. We'll do the one where we just read shit off of Urban Dictionary, and then our third cast will just be a love letter to Broken Lizard. <laughs> All right. So now I'm going to throw it to you because I don't remember what happens after I they discover do. the body. I do remember. Uh, you know, again, the island's still going. Nobody realizes there's a big problem here. And so it's kind of a a little love scene or, you know, uh, falling in love scene with Brittany Daniel or Daniels. Do you remember? Ooh, I I mean, I knew it was Brittany. I want to say Daniels, but I I could be wrong. I should know that because it's Daniel singular, Brittany Daniel. I was absolutely in love with her and her sister back in Basketball Diaries, her identical twin (gasps) sister. Oh, uh, my God, that's right. Yeah. She's the girl who gives Leonardo DiCaprio, yep. who's playing Jim Carroll, the blowjob, and tells him that he tastes like strawberries. Yep. And uh, wow. her, shortly after that, her sister quit acting, but Brittany Daniel continues and is in this movie and is amazing and a lover. Follow her on Instagram. It's actually a lot of fun. She does cool stuff on there. Uh, and I got to watch Basketball Diaries again because <sighs> it's great, been man. so long since I've seen it. I forgot that that was her. I mean, you got Leo, I bet you got it Marky holds Mark. Up. I bet it holds up. I forgot anyway, Marky Please Mark's continue. So, uh, you know, he's like practicing his swords. Uh, Lars is practicing with his swords. Uh, Heffernan? Heffernan, right? The, the yeah 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 uh, I, yeah Lars played by Kevin Heffernan Heffernan uh, or and, Farva as you might yes, know yes it's Farva which uh, this is a definitely uh, a removal from that role he's very likable in this role and you know I read something about their approach to movies and it was if you played the bad guy or the asshole in the last movie you get to be the good guy in the next one well, that's cool so Heffernan uh, was kind of the bad guy in Super Troopers yeah. Um, 
And so he got to be the good guy in this yeah. movie. Yeah, and he was great. He, he was very likable. So he's practicing with his swords, doing some kind of yoga stuff, and he's talking to Brittany Daniel, and then boom. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Did you just say, did you just make mention of sword yoga? Yeah. I, I would say. I don't think that's a thing, Alex. Uh, I don't doubt that it is not a thing. Sword yoga. You don't think they made that you up? You thought we were just going to let that just whoop, breeze on by? Yeah, you he's doing his sword yoga, yoga like people he's are doing all, his uh, sword yoga like sword you do, yoga. like people do. They do. He's doing his sword yoga. She catches him. Uh, they do a couple of. He's you know he's a masseuse, and so he shows her a couple of moves or whatever. <laughs> uh, and and everything's fine on the island. And then. Uh, and then a guy, a dead body on a parasail, <laughs> slams into a building in front of them. Uh, it is Carlos, the guy who we didn't mention his death, who was killed. He's like our f- fourth kill. They open his shirt and etched in his shirt, like cut into his uh, chest, rather, is the words Naughty Carlos. Naughty Carlos. Right? Naughty Carlos. And then they click quickly find Cliff, which I think was the douche from the... From the start, I think that's who it yeah. is. And he has Naughty Cliff etched into his chest. So now they know that, you know, stuff is going wrong. There is definitely a killer on the island. We got to get everybody off this island. So they run down to the boat docks to look for the boats. And even though the boats aren't on the boat docks, they don't realize it until they pull the ropes out of the water. Did you notice that? Yeah, no, because they're looking at each other, like pulling up the rope, and yeah. then it's nothing it's like, at the end. And she's like, "Huh?" And then he pulls up the other rope, and they're like, "Huh? Yeah. There's no boat here." Yes, and I, I really enjoy the next scene is a, a beach. So they're terrified now. They have no boats, no way to get off the island. And the very next scene is a big overhead shot of this uh, bonfire, this beach beach party bonfire, and the bonfires are set in the letters SOS. I want to jump into the bonfire. Before we get into that, did we skip over? Is it the sword yoga scene? Is that where Lars shows uh, 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 Brittany Daniel her character? Wait a second. Uh, did you uh, just say sword yoga? <laughs> <laughs> what? It's kind of like when skip over that <laughs> when you're when you're writing, you know, on a document and you know Google Docs or word processor or whatever you're using Microsoft Word, and you put in a word it doesn't doesn't understand but you can say it gives you the option on the drop down to add to dictionary yeah we're adding sword yoga sword now. yoga so from now in the dictionary it will we no should longer... add it to urban dictionary in the next podcast our other podcast from now on it won't be highlighted in red sword yoga mm-hmm. will now be accepted yep just uh, do it everybody is this, the sword yoga scene is that where he shows her uh what's it called a tikataga or the heaven point where yeah. he touches her lip uh, I don't know if that's the scene, but he does show her. Some, that's actually the scene, I believe, where he it might be where he shows her that scene uh, or that that move, because he also does the move on the other two people that come up to him. They're like, hey, sign our butts, sign our butts. It's some like beach game they're playing. And he puts one girl to sleep with a touch and he makes the other guy pee Sleeping himself. Panda. And yes. God, you know, all of this There's <laughs> And when he touches her, when he touches Jenny's lip, uh, it gives her an orgasm. You just kind of press uh, on the mustache area, and it makes you have an orgasm. Yeah, I gotta say, it does not work. This is uh, false. So I tried it on myself. I did too, and my it better half, work. and it did not work. It does not work. I mean, I'm glad you tried it on your better half. Because I even said heaven point when I did it. Then it didn't work. It didn't make that noise. Didn't that do it makes that little like bells dingling and nothing she happened. She looked at me like I had uh, invaded her personal space without consent. And I, yeah. 
I, I'll admit, I, I tried it on my wife, but I'm not very coordinated. Poked her right in the eye. Uh, oh, Jesus. But I will say this, orgasmed. So, wow. Yeah. yeah. Well, that helps, you know, take away the, the attention from the pain of the eye. <laughs> She's a weirdo. Uh, uh, oh. So we were at the SOS, the bonfire. Is this where they do the, the story? Yes, this is where they do the story, where they where they tell the story, and I'm going to ruin it here, uh, where they tell the story about this guy named Phil Coletti. Yeah, Dave's who, telling the story, the DJ slash drug guy who's damn fantastic through the whole movie. Absolutely, they're all fantastic. We, we, we've established that at this point. We love them. Uh, but... I, I think it's a joke that no one mi- that no one gets. I think it's missed all the time. His name's Phil Coletti. Uh-huh, he kills uh-huh. people with a machete, and from that point on, he will always be known as Machete, machete Phil, Phil, as opposed well, to Machete okay. Coletti. Dude, dude, okay, no shit. I was reading an article yesterday. They were talking about Club Dread, and it's this guy writing a big story about Club Dread, and I think he even had an, uh, interviews with the cast members. Um and in the article, he talks about how it was cool that uh, the character killed with a machete and his last name was Coletti, but the guys at Broken Lizard didn't go for that low-hanging fruit and instead called him Machete Phil. That's I'm a like, joke, though. That's a great joke. Exactly! That's his the joke! His name is Machete Phil, not Machete Coletti. And I love that. Was that. The and joke. I think people miss that joke. I how do you miss that joke? Because, you know, he does the perfect pause before he says machete Phil. Phil. that's yeah. the joke people come on that's so good come on uh now we're back in the uh we've gone back to like coconut pete's room or whatever we're discussing what the hell are we going to do about this killer how are we going to figure it out and that is when uh coconut pete's personal security guy hank says you know i got this all figured out Oh, that's right. They're all giving their ideas what we should do. They're in the the nightclub area where they have that big frozen block of ice you can drink out of, and Coconut Pete's knocking back shots, and they're going, what should we do about this? And they're all arguing around each other, and then you hear... <laughs> when you're all done with your little pink panty meltdown, let me know. Cause I'd like to get down to business. Uh, and then he jumps into his, uh, and they're like, oh, what are you going to do, Hank? And that's when uh, Coconut Pete jumps in and is like, Hank is my head of security. And before he was that, he worked for the, well, who did he work for? But he was in investigation and, and uh, he was, he was uh, single-handedly uh, stopped the Minnesota Mangler. And he talks about how we're going to find this guy. We're going to do our jobs. We're going to lure him out. And we find out who it is. I'm going to show him my, my whopping stick. And then you... Not you, Micah, but you, the character named you, who they clearly named you for this exact reason. Uh, she is trying to, she's decided it, one of the things that the killer has laid out, he's got this board. There's like an activities board at the, uh, at the, you know, on the beach. It's like, here, here's what's going on on the island or whatever. And the killer has left messages there. And one of those messages is, you know, do your job and you won't get killed. And so everybody's trying to do their job. Well, she's not doing her job now because too many people have been killed. So she's going to go warn everybody on the beach that, you know, there's a killer. Well, the killer then chases her to a different part of the secluded beach, starts to kill her. But then Hank shows up 
And, you know, it's Hank's like, you know, you piece of shit. You know, you you picked the wrong guy or whatever. Hank is Thank immediately God, killed. Hank is going to take care of business. Yeah. He's and gonna he's going to kill the killer. And he's killed within moments of his last line. I mean, he's immediately killed. Uh, and then you is quickly killed as well. Poor you. She gets her arms cut off, doesn't she? Yeah, I think she does. And and you was incredibly sweet. She, uh, it was sorry to see her go. And so we cut then to the scene of the morning aerobics which I love because all the cast is doing these morning aerobics and <laughs> they're terrified. They all have these terrified looks on their face while they're doing the aerobics and they're discussing what they need to do in order to, you know, survive or whatever. And uh, then they go and they, there was a, they realize like uh, Heffernan, uh, what's his name? Lars, uh, runs up and he's like, guys, I, the thing that was written on the activity board, I, I recognize that lyrics. Those, they're lyrics from a Coconut Pete songs. They go then to the DJ's room and listen to the, uh, to the lyrics to Naughty Cow, which make no sense at all, but it kind of describes how the first two people were, were killed. And so now they've deci- they decide they've got to go find the boat, and that's when they head out into the jungle, you know, to... To Putman and uh, Lars decide they're going to head out in the jungle. They're going to find that boat, and they're picking their weapons, which is leads to one of my other favorite lines, of course, of this movie. Oh, please do, please do. That's right. Because uh, what did Lars pick out? Lars Lars was just going to use his hands because he doesn't need anything. Yeah, he can do anything with his hands. So he's like, I'm, you know, aren't you going to take a weapon? And he's like, Oh no, you know, I'll just use my hands, and then. Putman says, fuck that. I'm taking a machete. Machete. <laughs> Aren't you taking any weapons? I have all the weapons I need. Oh, piss on that. I'm taking a machete. Which is now how we should always refer to machetes is machete. I have referred to machetes as machetes for a, a very long time, all because of Club Dread. And so they, they head out into the... Uh, they head out into the forest because of the lyrics of the song. They believe that uh, there's like in the Naughty Cow song, there's something about a scary octopus. So they've decided that that must be Putman because, you know, he has dreadlocks. But that is also the scene where Penelope, who we've not mentioned up to this point, uh, Penelope. Penelope, who is in love with uh, Steve Lemmy's character, Juan Castillo, uh, and Penelope then brings Juan a plate of octopus and says it's an aphrodisiac. But of course, now he thinks she's the killer because she's bringing him octopus. And uh, then they eventually go, and this is, uh, yeah, this is before we see what is happening in the jungle with Lars and Putman. Uh, she convinces Juan to go back to his room or whatever, and they've all decided, uh, Brittany Daniel, uh, Dave, and uh, who's the other one? Oh, and the fun police hide in the closet while Juan is in the room with, with Penelope, and they're going to be there to like save him if Penelope does something, but this is when we discover that she's not the killer. She's actually a gymnast. You are a gymnast? <sighs> yeah. And have we yet... Dis- okay, so we discover she's a gymnast, but that's not until she has taken off her clothes, no top, still has her panties on, 
does a couple of back flips off the bed, flips back on it. Juan Castillo is in the bed, and he's like, "Are you? What are you? Some kind of praying mantis woman?" And we got Dave and Jenny and uh, Sam in the closet watching all this happen. And she reveals that she is a gymnast. And he gets excited. He's like, you're a gymnast. And then they decide to get down, do that funky thing. you know, Which is make sweet love. The second time that Dave then sneaks out of the closet, locks <laughs> eyes with uh, Juan Castillo. And is like, can I get in there? Can I get in there? He's like, no. <laughs> and uh, so then once we're in the jungle with uh, Putman and Lars, uh, who are out looking for the boat that has been lost, uh, that is when, you know, Lars does not, I mean, uh, Putman does not trust Lars. Putman has also found uh, like a a newspaper clipping about somebody's family being trampled and killed during a coconut peach show. But yeah, I, Dave's family, the yeah, kid. Yeah, and and that's when we find out that Coconut's Pete's uh, last name is Wabash. Wabash, that's correct. Talking uh, about Coconut Pete's uh, br- brother or sister-in-law were were trampled at one of his shows. And so that's you know that's a clue uh, as far as Butman can see. But they go to sleep. Putman puts this amazing plastic bag on his head to keep his he dreads He pulls it good. out. Yeah. Lars thinks maybe he's the killer. Maybe he's going to try to suffocate Lars. He pulls out this big plastic bag. Mm-hmm. It seems very menacing. And then, ha-ha, it's just to keep his dreads uh, nice and dry and clean. Yep. And he puts uh, it over his head, neatly tucks his dreads inside. And then and he Lars g- goes off to sleep. They all go to – they both go to sleep, but then, uh, then the killer – uh, approaches Putman and wakes him up and pulls his mask off and it is actually Dave but then Dave gets stabbed and the from behind and the person who is actually stabbing Dave is Putman Putman so then Putman is clearly having a dream where Putman then kisses himself uh Lars wakes him up and is like hey uh it's, it's a, all it's, just a it's dream. okay it's just a dream and then Putman goes screaming into the jungle uh, and then Lars is left there, and then Lars makes his way back. It's the next day, right? Yeah. And Lars comes back, and it's like, Putman, where's Putman? Putman's not here. Then what the hell happens? Oh, man, you're really, for the host, you're really leaning on the guest today. That's why I invited you as a guest, because you're such a great guest, and you can help me through this. Well, Because I'm not getting any younger, and my memory's not getting better. Well, that is when uh, they all get back together, but now... The suspicion, they all suspect each other. And uh, the fun police, you know, announces that Juan has a criminal past. It's revealed that that Juan, while a child in his his native country, uh, fucked a goat. What do you want me to say? We lived on a farm. And I got lonely. We were... For those of you who didn't grow up around goats, a young goat is called a kid. A young goat is called a kid. Uh, Remember the guy that makes fun of Putman through the entire thing? He he calls him Little Lloyd Fauntleroy. Yeah, the kid from Freaks and Geeks, Sam Levine. Yeah, that kid is great. Uh, We've skipped past his death, though. He he jumps in the pool, and he's trying to hit on Brittany Daniel, and then the killer shows up and tosses a TV in the pool. She's able to get out in time, of course. 
He is electrocuted. That is our eighth death. And the ninth death, it's going to hit us hard. Harder than the professor did earlier. They're looking for Pete. They don't know where Coconut Pete is. So they go to Coconut Pete's room. They're all accusing each other. You're the killer. You're the killer. And then that's when we find out about the sex with the goat. And then what, yep. Juan Castillo like gets mad, breaches for the chair or something. Yep. The chair starts spinning. We see a little pulley with yep. rope flying through it. And then Coconut Pete Wabash is hanging comes down. There. Oh, he's hung from his neck. He like breaks through the glass. Yep. Pretty and sad co- stuff. Coconut Pete is dead. And that's when we also learned that it was Dave's parents that were killed uh, during the Coconut Pete show because they're like, oh, you know, I've, I found this article. It's you. You know, you're avenging your parents' death. And it's like, no, nah, it's my Uncle Pete, man. I, you know, I absolutely loved him. And then they, for whatever reason, decide that it's actually Lars since Putman never came back. From the jungle, they decide it's Lars, and that's when they lock him up in the drunk lock jail. Lock him in a room with a padlock. Yeah, drunk, lock him in the drunk jail, and that's where we are. I do think that uh, this would be a nice nice little moment right here to uh, take a word from our sponsors. What do you think? I think that's a great idea. Let's we'll do be it. right back. I'm going to show you how to get it. This weekend at Arawak Auditorium, the Sultan of Sex, the Prince of Persuasion, the one, the only, Johnny Bearback, live and in person, one night only. You know, a lot of men tell me, they say, Johnny, I get close. I get so close, but I just can't seal the deal with a virgin. Well, with my 13-step program, I'll teach you how to take these final girls and give them your necklace of pearls. I guarantee you, you will deflower a virgin if you follow these 13 steps, or my name isn't Johnny Bearback. Tickets on sale now. Call 1-800-555-1222 or online at johnnybearback.com. All right, welcome back. We are back. We are reviewing Old Club Dread here. Yeah, we're talking are. about it with our very, very special guest, Alex. We've been talking about a wonderful film called Club Dread. There's been a lot of bloodshed, a lot of laughs, and some nudity. That absolutely there has. Uh, but let's talk about some horror news real quick. Let's do it. Scary stories. Bloody Disgusting is reporting that uh, Pet Cemetery, they're doing a prequel. I don't know if you knew it. I'm a big Pet Cemetery fan. I even really, really liked the remake. I thought it was well done. I know it got some, uh, some bad. I don't know. It's every remake or every reboot uh, gets some bad press, and fans don't love it or whatever. I thought they did a good job with the new one. It was a little bit of a departure, but not incredibly different, and still had a twist ending. Anyway, they are shooting a prequel to it. And uh, they have cast John W. Lawson from American Horror Story. Some of our fans might uh, recognize him from that. He's a double amputee. He he has no hands on either of his arms. And he read for a role there in Pet Cemetery. They liked him in the prequel. It's unnamed at this point. They liked him so much 
that they decided to rewrite that role to include a double double amputee. So that's pretty cool. We know that we, for a fact, that we're going to see John W. Lawson in the new Pet Cemetery prequel, which I'm very excited about. Uh, not just him, I'm very excited about that being a thing. That's not news, but the fact that he is going to be in it and they rewrote the role for him for uh, his particular disability that's pretty awesome. Now, this one, this next little bit, also coming from Bloody Disgusting, pretty close to my heart here. Uh, Adrian King, uh, you might not remember Adrian King, but uh, she is from Friday the 13th. She's a amazing actress, a very sweet lady. I got to interview Adrian King, I guess, a couple of years ago, hang out with her for a really long time, uh, and just, man, just a cool chick, and like really, really still involved in not just the convention scene, but Friday 13th. She appeared in a fan film called Jason Rising. Uh, you can you can see it right now. You can watch it already. You know I love fan films. But uh, we're still waiting on Roseblood. That's the, next, uh, that's the next Friday 13th fan film that is really highly anticipated uh, because Tina Shepard, I don't know if you remember Tina Shepard from the Friday 13th films, uh, but she's coming back. The actress that plays her is uh, Lar Park Lincoln. She's coming back to reprise that role. Well, Adrian King did it in Jason Rising, which I believe came out uh, when we're recording this. I think it came out like two weeks ago. Uh, so, and she's reprising her role. So that's something, you know, while you're waiting for Roseblood to come out, you can, you know, check out and definitely a very very cool opportunity to see an actress who was in the friday 13th franchise come back for a fan film and play that role very cool Our cool la- beans yeah, and did I mean, you hear that uh scream five is on the way i did yeah of course i did i mean i'm very excited about that i mean how could i you mean not we got we got david arquette's back i think nev campbell's back um and uh courtney cox is back yeah and Oh, and Kel- Kevin Williamson is, is executive producing it. So we've he was the writer of the first one, and he's back. I don't know how involved he is in, in the writing or the story on this one, but it's nice to hear that he's going to have a hand in it. I tell you, when we're talking about the Scream franchise, I can't see a lot of things they did wrong. I know people love Scream 2. It is not my favorite. Uh, after that, I, I mean, I just don't think they did a lot of things wrong. And I'm not even saying they did anything wrong in Scream 2. It's just not one of my favorite movies. Uh one of the first movies I saw with my now wife back when we were dating was uh, Scream 4, I think, or Scream, yeah, Scream 4. Ah, Scream 4 is one of the good, I think um, a lot of people rank Scream, the first Scream and then Scream 4 in the the number two spot. You are going to like this next bit of news, Micah. I think we're both going to like this next bit of news. It's not news, it's more rumor. But And it's not completely horror-related, but it kind of is. Our boy, Bruce Campbell, people want to see him play Mysterio in Sam Raimi's upcoming movie, Doctor Strange. They they want to see him play Mysterio. There were all these rumors that he might uh, back in the day. We, of course, uh, didn't get to see uh, you know Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 4. A lot of people upset about that. But uh, this, you know, this is going to happen. We do know that this Doctor Strange movie is going to come out. Fans are clamoring for our boy Bruce to you be in You can hear this. them clamoring. You can hear them clamoring. The, the, you know the noise clamoring makes? That's the noise they're making. You know and, what I think? 
Tell me. I that. also hear the sound of A-list actors shaking in their boots because when Bruce Campbell shows up on screen, all eyes are on him. He's uh, like Brittany. All was, eyes on me. I mean, I'm sorry, but yeah, absolutely. W- wait, that's Tupac. <laughs> all eyes on me. That's that's Tupac. I'm talking about the one she did with Will I Am. I think when you see me in the club, all eyes on us. All eyes on us. See, that's all eyes on us. You're right. I'm an idiot. I should never uh, talk. All eyes on me is the late great Tupac Shakur. Well, late. We don't know. I mean, I did see that that performance, uh, the quote unquote hologram. I think that was him. But anyway, that's your horror news. <laughs> Scary stories. Can you feel the room heating up right now? I feel that. Do you feel the heat? I feel the heat. I feel it. I feel it heating up right now. I feel the excitement in the air because it's time for round three. Uh, Is that what's going on? Is it round three of the final girl challenge? Round three of the final girl challenge. Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. Who we got (laughs) left? You want to recap? Okay. We've already lost. Professor Thudpucker. Uh, oh, did hit hard. Oh, I did hit hard. Dead. Dead as a doornail. Stink pickle. Gotta Sorry s- to see you go. Gotta Didn't say, though, I, it. Saw, I saw it coming. I saw it coming. I thought he was going to get it. You did? I did thought you see it, it His name is Stink Pickle. I thought he was going to get it. Yeah, I did. Stink Pickle's got to die. I did. Uh, okay. So that leaves us with Lazy Daisy, Kyle Rain, and Tanner. God, we still got three? All right. We still have three. Let's All see right. what happens. Let's see what happens. Lazy Daisy. Offered a tequila shot, but said, I think not. Oh, you survived. Lazy, lazy Daisy. Daisy. Smart move. You know the rules. <laughs> Kyle Rain mm. took off her shirt, oh. but kept oh. on her bra. Hey, okay. That's a survived. good move. Survived. Good move. No nudity. You live. Tanner. Oh, Tanner. Oh, Tanner. dear. Oh. Sweet, dumb, dumb Tanner. <laughs> <laughs> Tanner, you gave an HJ to Bill Reynolds oh, in the canoe. No. Chopped clean in half with a machete. Tanner. God. Sorry, Tanner. Right in half with a machete? Machete. Oh, man. Tanner, you gotta know. You gotta know better than that. You gotta hold back on the BJ. Or it else you're gonna HJ. get the machete. Did, Tanner didn't even do a BJ. Tanner only did an HJ. <laughs> What's, oh, oh, yeah, right. Just a just a meager HJ. Well, then hold back on the BJ really didn't help you in this situation, did it? <laughs> oh, gave old Bill Reynolds an HJ. So I get it. Bill's got a lot of charm. So who we got left? That leaves Lazy Daisy and Kyle Rain. Lazy Daisy and Kyle Rain excited Good luck, about Daisy your chances. Kyle. 50-50 chance of winning our mystery prize that is still a mystery to us. Now it's time to jump back into Club Dread. Let's do it. Let's do it. Now we've uh, got what nine deaths now. We are up to nine deaths at this point. Uh, we have one Juan Castillo, who's a ladies' man, a real Don Juan. Oh, no, his name's Juan, well, and he's well, a Don Juan. Oh, look at that. Look at how that all worked out, Broken Lizard. He shows up all bloody with a. You want to tell him what he has? A machete. A machete. Now, uh, that said, uh, <laughs> we have skipped over a pretty major death in a lot of the movie. Uh, uh, we are missing Dave's death, Dave the DJ. 
Oh, that's they, right. That's a good one. They all decide that they're going to uh, they're going to stay together. Smartest stay thing together. is to stay together. Uh-huh. They <laughs> immediately separate. They're in the forest. They all have well. Some of them have torches. And uh, yeah, stay together because that's smart. And then they're like, ah, fuck you. And they all split up. Oh, and Dave, Dave oh, runs off. Two big deaths here, actually. Yeah. Here's what I love about Dave in the whole movie. No matter what amount of peril and horror is going on, that guy doesn't really seem phased by it. It's because he's on the the X Man. He's 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 absolutely axed out of his brain. He seems like a really fun guy to hang out with. And uh, he decides he's gonna head on back to the room. He's gonna spin some tunes. Yeah, well, they've they've lost power on the island, but Dave's Not like, oh, Dave. yeah, I'll just pop on the generator, mm-hmm. uh, which he does. He's got and disco lights. <laughs> he's got a DJ setup, yeah. and, and he yeah, continues he starts, to Bob X. I, I don't know how much. So many. He yeah, should be dead. He, he would be very should dead. Absolutely be dead. That is, however, not what kills him. His head is severed clean off his body. We don't see Dave's death. We just see his body discovery and his head sitting on one of his turntables, spinning around when he's discovered. Spinning around. I read an article about this. They did not want to use a fake head because fake heads, no matter how much we come along with makeup and all that jazz, still don't look real. So uh, uh, Soder decided, he was like, let's just put me down in there and have like, you know, a turntable underneath that actually spins me around. And I hear that a lot of the guys, the the crew, the director were like, we can see your eyes tracking. Um, so they had to work really hard to try to make his eyes look like they're looking straight ahead because you can't really, it's like involuntary. Your eyes look, they go from place to place. You just can't keep them looking straight. Uh, and you can actually see it in one of the spins. You can see his eyes go from uh, right to left. You. That's really cool. That's very cool. So Lars and uh, Jenny discover that severed head. Uh, they then run back to Jenny's room uh, to lock themselves up. Uh, they hide under the bed because they hear somebody coming. And uh, that person they think is the killer, although it ends up uh, they think it's the killer. And so they use Jenny's sex cuffs to lock him to the bed. They cuff him to the bed by his foot. Yeah. And then they roll out and realize it's actually Putman. He's uh, he's cuffed to the bed. She doesn't have the keys. The real killer does show up and uh, pretty quickly kills Putman. Uh, it's he just throws sad. the machete this time. Yeah, throws it Putman's right there. He hits, he hits a few tennis <laughs> balls at him, and yeah. then the machete flies through the air into him. And <laughs> Brittany Daniel's like, I'm sorry. And they leave, and he's like, just go, just go. And then Lars looks back at Putman and is like, Namaste. And he's like, oh, fuck <laughs> off. Says, oh, fuck off. He actually has a machete in him at this point, I think. And he's like, oh, fuck off. And then I love, they go hide the shower. And, uh, of course, they want to know who the killer is. And Butman's still alive. And he's going, oh, you. I should have known it was you. But he, he never says who it is, so they still don't know who the killer is. Ah, you. I should have known it was you. Doesn't surprise me a bit, really. Damn it, Batman. Who is it? I'm sure you think I'll go down without a fight, but it's not yet game set. I love that scene uh, because. It's very dark horror. I mean, it's a very dark horror scene because they're hiding in the shower. The killer comes, pulls, you know, the shower, uh, the towel 
off the shower, wipes the blood off of him. They're still, you know, hoping he doesn't know that they're in the shower, wipes the blood off of him, and then tosses the, the towel back over the shower wreck, and it covers uh, uh, Lars's face. Oh, and, and they've got to keep trying to be quiet. Right. And then I mean, they pull a back great the towel. movie moment, truly. And his face is covered in Putman's blood. And the pool party's still going, man. Like, nobody on the island knows this is happening. Lars is there. Jenny's there. Juan is there. And then that's when we see old, uh, not Dave, Sam banging on the window yeah. up in the room where they do the mud baths. Yes. Yeah, He's about to get murder. killed. Yeah. He's going to get killed by the, I don't know, Machete Phil, I guess, or whoever our killer is. So they rush up to this room where they do the mud baths. But when they get there, there are three baths full of mud, but no Sam. And so Lars then puts his his hands into the mud and nobody's there. And he puts his hand into the next mud, pulls out Sam's dead body out of this mud bath. So then they know the killer. There's no other exit out. So they know the killer has to be in that third mud bath. So Lars... Puts his hands in there. This is a very great, tense horror movie moment. It's amazing. And then he looks at them and he goes, get out. Because in that third mud bath, there is nothing. Which means, since no one can get out of the room, the killer is in the room. There's only Sam. Sam's eyes pop open. Sam, the fun police, is the killer. And doesn't he, does he stab a machete into the third bath? Yeah, 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 I think he does. But there's nothing there, and that's when he says, you know, get out. And get Sam, out. Sam's alive, and he's like, I can hold, my, I bet you didn't know I can hold my breath for four minutes. <laughs> yeah. And he grabs Lars, he's got the machete, he holds it to Lars's neck, and... And he explains everything. He, yeah. And And I love that the start of the explanation is... He cuts back to when uh, Cliff, I think, uh, was he was on the dock. And he's like, hey, you got any weed? He's like, sorry, man, fresh out. When he gave him that horrible look. And he's like, and that was really uncool. He didn't give me the weed. And he's like, wait a second. That's not why I'm doing all this killing. It's actually because uh, Pete, Coconut Pete, was going to go on tour. And he signed the island over to his drug-doing DJ uh, nephew, Dave. And... Uh, the fun police, Sam, did not think that was okay because he's really invested in this island. He thought the island should go to him, so he started killing everybody. Yeah, because Sam's been there. He's been working his ass off, keeping this operation together while Dave's just doing drugs. Not fair. Sam deserves it. Dave doesn't. He's mad about it, so he'll kill all the staff members. Lars is able to get away, though. He does the little uh, orgasm move on... uh... He does the orgasm move on Sam, which allows everybody to get, you know, time to get away. He's like, oh, I can't hold him forever. So Sam's sitting there or orgasmining, orgasmine, orgasmine. And uh, this is this is one of the few scenes where I, I like many slasher movies where you have a million ideas. You're like, all you got to do is he'll hold him in the orgasm and then you guys can, you know, take the kill him machete away and beat the hell out of him or kill him. But he just Lars instead is like, go, go. And they leave, and he's left there alone. But he does get away, and they run through the jungle. They make it to the cliff. It's Penelope, it's Juan, it's Jenny, and it's Lars. And they have to jump off the cliff, which Juan is well-equipped to do because he's a cliff diver. 
And he warns them. He tells them it's important to close your legs before you land or water will rush up your anus and, right. you know, pulverize your insides. I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, obviously that is a, a thing that would happen if you dive off a cliff. So you got to hold those butt cheeks together. <laughs> he says, he says, this is going to sound gross. <laughs> but, and then I think somebody says, ooh, they all do jump in the water and make it away, right? They all uh-huh. get in. Penelope goes first. Right. She's like, I trust you. And she jumps off. When she does a few flips yeah, on the way down. Yeah, she does it perfectly. Like Olympic style, beautiful flips. Juan does the same. Lars jumps. Brittany or Jenny jumps in. I love it when they come yes, back Yes, here it is. They're figuring out what to do. Jenny's like, ouch, my asshole. <laughs> you just asshole. hear it in the background. Ow, my asshole. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. So uh, they do make it to a boat. They're able to, the boat, you know, to get away. They do make it there. Unfortunately, we get our 12th death, and it is a sad one. Oh, that's right. That is a sad one. Juan goes under the water. He's trying to find, I guess, the propeller yeah. for the boat. Uh, and then you see, while he's underwater, and this was great-looking underwater shots, too, yeah, by the way. it was. Juan doing his thing, and then you see uh, uh, Sam behind him over his shoulder in the distance. And then it cuts back up. We're, we're above water again on the dock. Juan pops up. He's got the propeller uh, for the boat. He gives it to him, and they go to pull him up, and he's he's cut open really, yeah. really good. Yeah. His guts are coming out, and he's like, just go, just go. And, and then I oh, yes, he's dying. Oh, yes, it is. He's like, there's... Just one, before just I before go, I go, just one, one, last one kiss. kiss. Before I go, one kiss. No, no, no. I meant maybe you and Jenny could kiss each other. I always want to to see that. He wants to see the two girls kiss before he dies. Right before he dies. Sadly, they don't even do it. And he sinks into the water like Jack from Titanic. Does not get his last wish. Uh, And I'll just let you take it from here because the epic final scene, pretty good, man. I mean, like... In my opinion, I think they they do the last kill pretty well. It's really gruesome, buddy. Okay, so they're trying to get away. Uh, Sam's coming after him. Lars knocks him out. He's he's on the boat. They get on the boat. He's knocked down Jenny. He's knocked down Penelope, uh, Lars. Uh, but they manage to get on the boat, and they're getting away from him. But Sam has gotten a rope to the boat, and it's wrapped around him. They're going to pull him, but then Sam thinks fast, wraps it around this post on the pier or dock and that keeps him from getting away. But he ends up getting himself wrapped around and he's there. He's half in the water, half above the water wrapped around this post with this rope that is attached to the boat. That's going away. Well, there's, and, but now they're, the boat, they're circling the dock, right? To make it tighter and tighter on him. Yeah. Yeah. Going around, getting it tight and then I, what they think they've they've suffocated him or whatever they go by to look at him because he's got his eyes closed. But then, like any good slasher, Absolutely. he's not dead. His eyes open. He grabs Lars, and so Lars tells Jenny like, "Go, go!" And so she starts running the boat again. They wrap him up a little more, and then they just hightail it away from the dock, 
which makes the ropes get tighter and tighter until, Alex... They split that motherfucker clean in half. His legs go down. His lower torso floats down in the water. He is now two parts of a man. What an epic kill. I believe... And you know how I... I complain about blood, but damn, they did not have any absence of blood. Like when he gets split in half, you see it just like buckets of blood coming out of his upper torso. And then you see the bottom half of him sinking down and just so much underwater blood just gushing in his it's it's fucking it is amazing and i believe now now they do go back to check it out he his half torso (laughs) pops out of the water and uh lars spins around throws him into the ocean the movie ends and then we see his legs his disembodied legs kicking as it, it, it and swim, you gotta you gotta love the on the nose hard callback to Friday the Thirteenth with with the him coming up and grabbing the girl to try to pull her oh, off. Oh, it looked just like the original Friday the Thirteenth. I mean, they really pay homage to some great horror movies here. Just a fantastic movie. I think that's our thirteenth death. I think they did thirteen deaths. That's good. I like that they went on thirteen. That's a good number. Do you th- I wonder if that was intentional? I don't if indeed know. it was thirteen. I don't know. I think it was thirteen, and uh, yeah, the, it yeah, an amazing movie. So I mean, I, this is the part of the movie or the part of our podcast where we would, you know, say, would you recommend the movie? Did you like the movie? I think that's pretty clear, right? I hated it. I wouldn't watch it again. It's trash. All right, so that's uh, that's Micah's recommendation. I will go in the opposite direction and say it stands alone in its uh, the type of movie that it is. I can't name a movie. And, you know, I, we're talking good horror movies that are also comedies, like Tucker and Dale, which I love. This stands alone. This is a... It's at least in that vein where it is not goofy. It is genuinely funny and i mean all the tension and all the you know scary moments of a great slasher flick they exist in this movie no question dude they sold the horror they sold the comedy you like the characters you're supposed to like you hate the ones you're supposed to hate and it's shot beautifully the score is amazing oh yeah we never got to talking about the composer this guy that they hired to do it who's done a ton of stuff um and I read somewhere that he likes to use odd instruments, uh, one of which being a bone or a trumpet made of human bones that he what? got from Tibet. Yeah. Okay. That's what I saw on the internet anyway. I'd say they, they picked the right guy for this then. It was a great score. It was shot beautifully. The setting was beautiful. Man, I, I, I fucking love that movie. So the question, how many machetes would you give it out of 10? Ooh, okay. Are we categorizing this? Is this it? movies overall? Is this horror movies or is this horror comedies? What? Because if horror comedies is the category, I'm going to give it 10 out of 10 machetes. Okay, well, what if it's just a horror movie? It's up there. I'm going to go with eight. I, eight out of I 10 think, machetes. I think eight. I will give it eight machetes. Solid. Holy shit, did we just agree? Yeah, we just agreed, buddy. I mean, I don't want to give it nine because I haven't given anything nine yet. I, you know, I might retroactively give this more machetes. It just depends on how many uh, movies we actually watch, which is going to be a thousand, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, eight machetes, man. Let's get a word from our sponsors. We'll be back with the best kill and the finale of our very first final girl. We'll see who survived. 
tonight's Creature Double Feature. Wow, this is a real honor. I've been to your land, I've been to your world, but I've never been to your house. This is a great honor, Mr. Mouse. Oh, well, we're just glad to have you. Oh, call me Mickey. Come right in. Oh. What? The, there's a smell. What? My God, it's over. What? what? My God, there's... There's millions of bodies everywhere. Actually, there's just 999. Oh, guess which one you are. Oh. Rob Zombie's Mouse of a Thousand Corpses, followed by The Beatles Rejects. Oh, I think I'm really gonna like this one. I call it All You Need Is Blood. Tonight on The Creature Double Feature. All right, we are back. Uh, we're about to do the crunchiest kills, or whatever we're going to end up calling this. Best kill, nastiest. You went with crunchiest kill. Most malicious so, murder. So let's do the crunchiest kill. Crunchiest kill. Okay, what was the crunchiest kill in this one? Well, it's got to be the finale. Got to be, right? Got to be. It's Yeah, I mean, come on. That was gory. It was intense. And and then they wrap it up with a little fun. Here's some legs going. Yeah, they 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 call back to the comedy. I think they do it really well. I mean, I think if there was a runner up, I might give it to that homage to Scream in the very uh, maybe. I guess it's the third kill. She runs back. It's good. Head chopped off. POV of the head flying off. But yeah, got to be Sam in the end. Well done, broken lizard. Well, so done. so crunchy. Yeah, I, I I wish I wish that movie had been a huge hit because I would love to see them do another horror comedy. Micah, I gotta I gotta say, I'm sitting here, bated breath, bated breath, buddy. I don't know what bated breath means. I got it because I want to know who is the winner of the final girl challenge. Oh, that. Is it time for that? I think right, it is. Let's check in. We have already lost Professor Thudpucker. Uh, Rest in peace. That was... Stink Pickle, so you poor bastard. We knew you were going to get it, Stink Pickle. Tanner kicked the bucket. It was gruesome. Tanner just didn't follow the rules, man. We have two survivors. We have Kyle Rain yeah, we do. and Lazy yeah, Daisy. Yeah, we do. I've got my money on Daisy. All right, let's spin that wheel. We had a whole nother break. We could have oiled that thing. A little WD-40. I mean, come on. Okay, here we go. Kyle Rain. Deflowered by that nut cup. Tony Wedgwood. Uh, drawn and quartered. Oh, dead. my God. Oh, drawn Kyle, and quartered. I am Legs sorry. and arms ripped square off of you because you just <sighs> couldn't. Keep it together. Lazy Daisy, will she survive? Let's find out. Lazy Daisy, you turned down an offer to go skinny dipping. Oh, smart and move. oh my god, you are the you final survived. girl! Lazy Daisy! Lazy Daisy! You are our final girl. You win uh, the mystery prize. We'll make it good. Well, I assure you, whatever we do, we will make it good. We've already given away one t-shirt, right? We have. It was this really cool uh, chainsaw and boomstick T-shirt that said "Groovy," a little nod to Evil Dead. Absolutely, our one of our favorites. We'll have to do it at some point because we do love our Bruce Campbell. We do love some. We Bruce. do love. Well, some that's Bruce. it. No, 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 I no, can't no. no, 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 no. 
I want to know what else you're watching. What else you're reading. I want to know what else you're into. What are you into? Into. Into. What are you into? What's all this screaming about? Dude, I'm actually kind of loaded up this week. I'm glad you asked. Um, I have read, I just finished two nights ago, a book, a graphic novel slash comic called Look What Eddie Gein Done by a guy named Eric Powell who does a, a, a comic called The Goon, which is fantastic if you've never read it. But he and... Uh, Oh, what the heck is the guy's name? He's he's done a ton of research on Ed Gein and tons of interviews with, with people involved in it. Um, but they did a graphic novel that was all about the life of Ed Gein from when he was a little kid, all through the crimes and all through the uh, the trials. And it was it's the best thing I've read in a while. Ah, that's so that's I so true crime. It. True crime. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know if uh, Eric Powell, the the writer, who's also an amazing artist, uh, he his drawings are, are fantastic. You know how uh, a lot of artists don't get the eyes right? Like, they can do hands, they can do feet, but when you look at the eyes, it just doesn't look real. It looks like video game eyes. But Powell is like Norman Rockwell, man. His eyes look alive. His, his characters look real. And uh, it was a damn good story. Um Harold Schechter, that's the guy who did all the, the, the research and the interviews. I wanted to give him credit because that book wouldn't happen without him. But, yeah, Harold Schechter and Eric Powell did this book. Uh, did you hear what Eddie Gein did? I might have to check it out. I'm going in a very different direction this week than you. You went true crime. I'm going as absolutely opposite as uh, I possibly could. I've been watching Holliston. And if you're not familiar with Holliston, it is a horror sitcom which is a thing that exists. I think uh, I think that uh, Club Dread kind of got me in the mood for some comedy and horror mix, and so I found Holliston on Shudder. It was originally, it's for back in 2012, it was originally on uh, FearNet. Uh, Shudder's now picked it up, and it is ridiculous. It is fun. It It is just everything you'd want it to be. It stars some great people. It's got Adam Green, the guy that brought you the Hatchet series, uh, he, I believe, wrote that. Uh, I believe he wrote. <clears throat> I believe he wrote both, but he, he wrote Holliston. It is ridiculous. He stars with Joe Lynch and Laura Ortiz, who I love. Corey English, who Corey English rather, who is just fantastic. It stars lots of uh, lots of cameos by. Uh, horror movie icons like Derek Mears and uh, the guy that plays Candyman, which is amazing. <clears throat> and uh, he, it's just, it's a lot of ridiculous fun. It's a blast. I love Adam Green. He's got a great podcast. We want to go check that out. Uh, at, I believe he does it with Joe Lynch, who's also amazing. And it's just absolutely worth going over and hitting play. I mean, even if it's on just in the background, it's ridiculous. It's fun. If you love comedy, you love horror, you'll enjoy it. Uh, I think you should check it out, Micah. All right. I, that's a good enough review for me. I'll check that cool. one out. I've watched a lot of horror this week. Uh, in fact, I, I watched uh, Victor Crowley uh, just last night, which is really good. I think, I think, uh, you know, I think it might be the nod to what we're doing next week. That was my next question. Uh, You've had an entire, had an entire episode, episode. Slasher, I hardly know her. Have you come up with uh, what we're going to be watching next? I have. And the answer Ooh, what's is it be? we will be watching Hatchet. 
Oh, fuck. Yeah, you remember Hatchet? Have you seen it? I saw Hatchet when it first came out on video. I'm pretty sure I picked it up at my my entertainment superstore Hastings back in the day. Yeah, uh, 2006 slasher that is just absolutely... uh, It's amazing. It is brutal. It is violent. I've heard Adam Green talk about just how tough it was to get that R rating instead of that NC-17 rating. Really, his... Big first big foray into filmmaking and uh, starring none other than Kane Hodder as the killer, Victor Crowley. And, you know, anything Kane Hodder's in, I, you know, I'm going to watch it. I, I love the man. He's my favorite Jason. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I know I'll get uh, I, I know I'll get some hate for this, but I love Derek Mears as Jason uh, in the Friday 13th uh, reboot. But uh, that said, yeah, we're watching Hatchet, man. All right, it's a date. Alex, does this does this mean we made it? We made it to the end of another show. I think we made it to the end of another show. Uh anybody Are you okay? How do you feel? I do feel, you feel pretty right? good about it. I feel uh I feel relieved. I feel like it's off my chest. I feel way better than I did after our basket case episode. Because I, I hate it after we lift that again. Uh, I loved this movie. I'm glad. I'm always looking for another opportunity to reapproach uh, Club Dread. You know, like uh, somebody who's never seen it. I get to watch it with them, watch it through their eyes or whatever. And so this podcast was a great opportunity to like, oh, man, let's reexamine this movie that I, I, I truly love. So, yeah, no, I feel pretty good about it. And I feel pretty good about the response we've gotten to this podcast. I mean, I know that you have gotten... Uh, you're kind of managing our Twitter or our uh, Instagram account, and I know you've gotten a great response there. I have felt the exact same thing on Twitter. It has been amazing, uh, all these people. If you want to you know, sponsor us or you know, do something like that, we don't have any sponsors right now, and any little bit of money helps because you know it helps us make more episodes. It helps us uh, give out these prizes that we'll be giving out, but you can support us. You can go to our podcast page. Uh, I won't give you the address here because wherever you are, there is a link in the bio that'll send you there. You can, you know, send us a couple bucks and that'll help us buy somebody else a t-shirt or another cool prize. Just tell them where you live so they can come by and just hand it to you. Yeah, that'd be awesome. But follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram, and please subscribe to this podcast, hit the like button, and if your uh, podcast just anywhere that there are podcasts we're on it uh if that place has an opportunity or an option for you to leave a review please leave us a review if you do it over on apple really helps us uh big review yeah talk about how great i am and how bad alex if you want to do that talk about how you're my favorite just make sure you hit those five stars first (laughs) uh alex thank you so much for coming on the show you are a fantastic guest it was it was scary it was fun. It was emotional. There were laughter. There was tears. It there were laughter. There were laughter. It was scary. That's where I'm there having the problem. It's, it is scary. I'm still terrified. But we made it. We're still here. We did make it. Uh, thank you so much for having me as a guest. This was an amazing experience. Uh, I, I hope to be asked back uh, again for Club Dread 2. And, uh, you know... At any point, if you if you want to have me on the show, just please reach out to my people. Uh, they'll get in touch with me, and you know I'll mull it over. Absolutely, I'll have my people get in touch with your people. We'll make it happen. Sounds like a plan, dude. I love you. 
I love I you. I love doing this with you. I love you. This I love fantastic. doing this with you. Another one in the books. Hell yeah. We will see you guys next time. Thanks for listening. All right. Well, you're more familiar with Audacity, so if you think it'll work, let's go for it. I'm not at all familiar with Audacity. I The only time I've ever used Audacity in my life was when you and me and your brother did that one podcast. I don't even remember that. Final get girl, final get girl, final girl, final get girl, final get girl. Final girl? I can't talk. It's, it's alright. To the face! Axe to the face!